on this episode of AV Week, the future of DVLED. Microsoft Ignite happened 2022 and 3D video conferencing. I'm sorry, all that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 583, recorded Friday, October 21st, 2022. Interrupt. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Sure, Sound Extraordinary, and by Vadio, a leading manufacturer of professional PTZ cameras, Pro AV solutions, and UCC integration systems, and by Atlona, the go to provider for AV signal distribution and control. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host with us to discuss the news and information we have gathered this week. First and foremost, she's not quite a neighbor now, but she's at least in my, not zip, anyhow. Erica Williams, back to St. Louis. How are you, madam? I'm doing well. How are you? I am well. Uh, Erica works for Henderson, uh, and like I said, she is. she's uh, enjoying, at least enjoyed one round of the Cardinals playoffs. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. The hockey season started, dude. I know. I know. I'm so excited. I can't wait to get to a game. We still have football, but I have the Bears. So, uh, <laughs> which is not really football, depending on the week. Anyhow, Don Merritt is completely, incredibly bored with us. Uh, Don is from the University of Central Florida. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Awesome. Um, also, Don is, I'm going to see if I can't screw this up immensely. Don, uh, <laughs> is with what was called the CCUMC, is now called the ETC as of last week's uh, event. So uh, is that, did I get that right somewhere? That is correct, yes. All right, uh, we're going to hit a couple of different stories here, uh, and then we'll have Don explain why they shortened acronyms uh, at the end here. Uh, first story comes to us from My Tech Decisions, but quite frankly, you could type in Microsoft Ignite 2022 and get pretty much the the rundown interesting things that happened out of microsoft ignite really quickly microsoft ignite is microsoft's uh kind of internal uh not internal but but their their show their trade show about microsoft and microsoft everything microsoft uh coming out of that was a number of announcements around teams one of them that i personally find very interesting is the fact that d10 is starting is going to start making hardware that leverages teams. If you were not uh, aware, D10 up until last week, the only type of um, video conferencing uh, software you could get inside uh, D10 was Zoom. Well, uh, as of last week's uh, event, you can now uh, start looking to incorporate D10 if you are a Microsoft house. The other part that I want to highlight here, and that's just me, I want, uh, Erica, we'll start with you on this, but have you guys, you know, see which ones uh, is the most interesting to use, to you guys. The other one is the fact that Cisco is going to start incorporating teams into their platform. Now, uh, Erica, we'll start with you. When you look at last week's event, what were one or two, one or two of the, uh, the announcements either from Microsoft themselves or maybe from a hardware manufacturer that you found incredibly interesting for our space? Um, well, I do think the D10 thing is interesting. Um, you know, we kind of talked about this a little offline beforehand, but, you know, D10 being strictly Zoom, um, Eric Yuan having a lot of, of um, 
interest, personal interest in D10. And now uh, they're expanding to teams, um, which is is interesting. You know, you have to you have to wonder why. What's the driving factor behind that? Um, first thing that comes to mind for me personally is, you know, Teams and Zoom have really kind of souped up their interoperability, especially over the last year and a half or so. So um, in my mind, it makes sense that D10 would kind of get introduced to that. Um, and, you know, then you bring in the, the Cisco aspect of it of, you know, Cisco and Teams are going to start playing together. Well, if you take a look at what's happening, if you want to set up a, a WebEx room or anything like that, Cisco makes their own hardware. You can't get a dedicated Cisco WebEx room unless you purchase it through Cisco. So D10, I guess, at the end of the day is probably making a smart decision to get Teams on board to kind of leverage that area so they don't, you know, lose their their footing and their and their momentum in the in that space. All right, Don, same kind of question here. What, what, what were one or two things that, that struck you from Microsoft Ignite? Yeah, it's the interoperability part. You know, dealing with higher ed, we see more and more people, different institutions are standardized on different things, but people kind of want the same experience no matter where they go. So from my point of view, it's some of these uh, collaboration companies realizing that someone's going to win, but they could all win if they could at least work together. And I think some of the manufacturers are starting to see that too. We're all going to be constrained by a budget somewhere or a particular format that the institution is already standardized on. Interoperability is the way to continue to be viable across the board. Otherwise, they're just going to end up in pockets here and there. And, and the more pockets you run into, the wider it gets distributed and the less successful everyone's going to be. So to keep from getting shut out of uh, any particular vertical, I think this interoperability is a smart idea for everybody. Let me ask both of you this, and then either one can, can jump in here. Um, when I looked at the Cisco one, my first initial reaction was, oh, thank God, WebEx is going away. Um, <laughs> And and a hundred percent an editorial here, right? I do not like WebEx. The, I think the only thing I don't like any, any more than WebEx is Google Meet, and that's a different conversation. <laughs> um, but it's a horrible. It, it is, Erica. It's it's a horrible interface. It just is. Uh, and, it, and God love them. They've they've tried for years. Um, is this is this a, a realization from Cisco? Like I, I understand the interoperability part, right? I, I get that. But I think that might be a nice way of saying Cisco is kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We need to work with other VCs now because we get the fact that, that WebEx is not the greatest and we need to give people options. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. I mean, if you look at the history of, of, of Cisco, it's it's they've pretty much always kind of pigeonholed themselves. It's like you're a you're a Cisco shopper, you're nothing else. You know, we don't we don't play well with all these other things. And that expands just beyond, you know, UC. That's into network and everything else. You know, they're very Cisco is Cisco. That's that's what it is. And they're going to start to realize pretty soon that if they're not willing to play nice in the sandbox, then they're not they're gonna get kicked out of the sandbox. And I mean, if you if you look at the you also look at the, the pricing and the cost and stuff to, to have a, a WebEx versus a Zoom or a Teams, you know, you're, you're looking you have to you have Cisco has to give people a reason to want to invest in that, you know, and this is always the hill I am I will die on and I'm going to beat a dead horse over it every time is the one credit that I will give Cisco is that they do have a VDI com compatible platform for WebEx and stuff like that, which if you look at Microsoft Teams, they still have just their base awful WebRTC solution. But if you look at the WebEx and you look at the Zoom and you look at everything else, they're expanding. And I will give Cisco credit for that, but it's it's about time that they start start playing nice with others for sure. 
Yeah, I, you know, when I think Cisco, I think hardware. I don't necessarily think software. And I think more and more people are looking at these collaboration tools as software solutions. Uh, we're looking for, uh, I, I get in our shop, we're looking for agnostic hardware because we're on teams now, but who knows what we'll be on in five years. If it, the past two years taught us anything is that we got to be ready to pivot. So the more locked in we are to any one platform, the more risk, frankly, we're at. So being able to, to spread it out a little bit here and, um, you know, we are not a, a WebEx organization, and I will say that I am much more comfortable with the user interface on both Zooms and Teams than I am WebEx. Yeah. So, you know, maybe this is an opportunity for them to learn a little bit more about that user interface. Because when I think Cisco, I think network and routers. All right, you know, going back to the to the Cisco Tamberg acquisition, you know, you've got some things there, but even then, it's more a hardware interface. Um, I, I think this is a good move for them, and I think it does give them more opportunities in the longer run too. Well, and to kind of look back to the D10 thing, Don, you made a good comment there about you're wanting agnostic hardware. You know, that's a that's a the perspective that D10 is taking as well is that okay, we can support Zoom, but what about you know if if we're we're putting all these D10s into somebody's office, what happens when they switch to Teams or they switch to something else? You know, they're gonna they're gonna throw all of our stuff out, and they're not gonna be able to you know we're not gonna be able to sell them anything any else. We're not gonna be able to yeah. to get money from them when they have to upgrade. So that was a really good point for sure on that D10 comment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it'll be very interesting because it, there's this, this report is at least three years old, and I apologize I keep using it, but I've not found a better one since then. But uh, a, a, a an organization did a research into how many different VC platforms they they were they that were available, and at the time this was 2019, there was 250 ish different platforms. Um, now, certainly some of them have fallen off the face of the earth during COVID. Some of them other have, have still, you know, they, they still are viable. Um, I actually had a meeting with Blue Jeans, uh, which I hadn't heard, you know, from them in a minute. Yeah. Uh, during um, Enterprise Connect. And, and they, they're doing some interesting things and they're doing, you know, some, some uh, different um, differentiating themselves in, in the marketplace. And, and so are the other 200 some odd ones but you we do have to kind of admit the fact that you've got the two big two which is teams and micro and, and zoom and as, as as erica said they're starting to understand that they need to work together as well uh, on the software side so yeah it'd be interesting well and the exciting thing for me is that collaboration is no longer a niche everyone is collaborating now you know at three years ago pre-pandemic i would build a few rooms here and there across the, the institution now everyone's doing it on their phone and I think that we have not seen the final fallout of this kind of radical change in the way people think about these things and the way that these technologies are being used. Uh, so, you know, going back again, I think the more versatility you can have as a software or hardware platform, the longer you're going to last in this business, because we've not seen the end of the evolution yet. There is still more coming. I'm convinced of that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, actually, that's a very good uh, jumping off point because the next piece of evolution uh, that somebody wants to bring in, and I do mean somebody because it sure as heck is it me, Google is testing 3D <laughs> video conferencing in customer offices from the article from our friends at AV Magazine. Starline uh, prototypes are being installed at Salesforce, WeWork, T-Mobile, and Hackensack Meridian Health Offices as part of an early access program with each company getting two units to test. I am simply going to start this conversation. Don, I will start with you. 
where do we see this being used? Uh, that's a great question. And uh, I think that's part of the point is that this is a technology in search of a solution. Um, I think, you know, what this reminds me of is going back to the Polycoms and Tambergs uh, at the time who were building those uh, video conference rooms where, you know, you were sitting at the table and someone else on the other end. I can't remember what the product was called, but it's like you were all in the same room together, you know, multiple yeah. screens, multiple cameras, all this sort of thing. Great idea. Interesting concept. All, a lot of research potential as someone coming from a higher ed institution. Practical? Absolutely not. What and even when you did find it, the, the use case was so limited, it made it really, really hard to set aside valuable resources, square footage, but people resources, money resources to support that sort of thing. I get the idea that everyone wants a, really everyone wants a, a holodeck. You know, this, this comes back to that kind of experience. Um, and I think this is more probably a proof of concept for a future product, but on the, the, the Gartner scale, this is, we're still, peak of high expectations here we're moving into trough of disillusionment here real soon that's my concern i mean i'm kind of on the same i'm, I'm pretty much on the same page i mean <laughs> i will admit that going with a, a a holographic person is about a million times better than going with one of those avatars or whatever that you might see like in the metaverse <laughs> like I'll, I'll give them credit for that but at the same time, I just, I cannot wrap my head around what the use case could possibly be. You know, I imagine myself, I'm a, I, I work remotely, I work from home and I'm, I imagine myself having to sit in this virtual meeting with a holographic person from HR or something. And it's like a really serious <laughs> meeting and you're just like, you know, it's, it, I feel like people are trying so hard to recreate in-person experiences and to a certain level, you can get pretty damn close, but you're never going to get fully there because there's so much other chemical science -y stuff that I don't know enough about to talk about. But it happens in between people. Like, you know, when you're standing face to face, when you're shaking hands with somebody, you're never going to recreate that with technology. So instead of coming up with all these convoluted different ways, why don't you use those time and effort and resources to improving the technology that already exists to become more efficient or whatever else thing you could do, improve communication overall general. I don't need to see a person sitting across from me that I can stick my hand through because you know what? I might be in that meeting with HR, turn my camera off and I'm having a boxing match with this hologram, right? <laughs> There's value in entertainment there, I guess. But I mean, you, they've, tried it, they've tried it in, in performances, you know, large concerts and stuff, and it's never really taken off. So what makes them think that it's going to take off here? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. So, so this is is my conspiracy theory, and my tongue is th thoroughly in my cheek, and my tinfoil hat is on. So, I, I will admit that before I start this, this this next statement. Somebody somewhere, there is a cabal of technologists somewhere that own the rights to three D, right? <laughs> they own the rights to three, and every five or six years, they try to make three D happen, right, in some way, shape, or form. And they should just stop. Stop trying to make 3D happen. Yeah, I'm here for it. We all want the sci-fi future, but I'm not sure this is it. Maybe, maybe in like 10, 15 years, right? Sorry, Tim. No, no, don't, don't say that. Because then they'll do it. It keeps they'll, coming back. Yes. I mean, maybe in 10, 15 years, we'll have a reason. I can't imagine what that reason would be, but no, they won't. No, they won't. I would rather people figure out teleportation first. I mean, like you're part of the way yes. there, right? Let's figure <laughs> out teleportation. That's so much more useful to society as a whole. And phasers. <laughs> Sorry, did I say that out loud? No. <laughs> 
Set to stun. Set, set to stun. stun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Set Give me a phaser. Set to stun. <laughs> Last story. Uh, here, yeah, we've got time. Last story here. Um, just taking a look at, at the DVD uh, market, the L, the direct view LED market, and um, I mentioned the fact that that Erica has has come back, uh, not come back to St. Louis, but lives in in my neck of the woods now. And one of the areas um, that is one of the biggest DVD LEDs uh, in the St. Louis area is Bush Stadium, right? It's, it is where the Cardinals play. Um, and the only uh, baseball team that has more World Series than the St. Louis Cardinals are the Yankees. I just want to say that out loud, even though they got bounced out of the first weekend. Uh, <laughs> but besides sports and entertainment, uh, which, Erica, I know you and I both separately went to different games this year and, and, and experienced that and, and this, that, and the other, um, Eric and I are both uh, big hockey fans. There's that at, at uh, uh, Enterprise Center where the Blues play. Um but besides that, when, when we look at DVLED, um, in sports entertainment is, is one that kind of looks and, and, and feels um, the, the, biggest, um, the biggest market for that. However, there are some folks that are putting it into boardrooms, right? There are some folks that are putting it into um, higher education. There are also a couple of different lines that are doing it in cinemas. Uh, Samsung is one. Off the top of my head, uh, it's a it's a product called Onyx. Uh, it is a direct view LED cinema um, screen. Uh, and really quickly before you you at me, I understand that that most screens are acoustically transparent. They do some magic with DSP and JBL speakers that I don't understand. I just know that I've experienced it, and it really does sound like there's a speaker behind the screen. It really does. Um, but Erica, when you when you look at, at all of these different ones, it, is it, are, are we at a point with direct view LED that it's is it, it going to overtake traditional LED, right, or traditional OLED, or or even dare I say projection and screens? Uh, I think as the price point starts to come down, we will. Um, I think especially with your your sports. Um, maybe even into retail, uh, hospitality, healthcare, you might start to see it creep into those markets as well. Um, but as far as going into more conference rooms and, and, and homes eventually, as the price point starts to come down, I think you're going to see a lot more of that because, you know, they make a good point about that is that you can, you can extend the life of that display because you're not going to be running it at the brightness that it can actually go. You know, you put it in a conference room, you put it in a home, you put it in a hospital or a hotel room or something like that. You're going to bring that brightness way down. That, that display is going to last you a hell of a lot longer. And so, yeah, you can you can justify the price a, a little bit more up front, but you're really going to see it start taking off when it starts to come down more. That's a really good point, too. I hadn't thought about the fact that you, you are going to have to reduce, um, if I'm not mistaken, the, the, the measurement is nits, right, uh, for brightness for LED. I think it said that um, the display, some of the displays will go up to 1,600 to 2,000 nits. Which is, I think they said the the LEDs are four hundred ish. So yeah, around there, you I mean you're gonna have to bring it way down, and it's gonna look good for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Don, same question. Uh, you live and breathe inside higher education. Is this an area that that uh, DB LED is gonna overtake everything else? Eventually, perhaps. Uh, I, the big thing for us is making sure that we can get good contrast good brightness in the, uh, the areas where we're putting up projectors or, or flat panels now um 
longer term, brightness is one of the big keys, but so is resolution, especially mm. as the materials that people are trying to share get higher and higher res themselves. We've got to make sure we can duplicate that resolution up on the screen. I mean, we're supporting game design programs, you know, video production programs that are working in uh, 4K and, and higher. So those, I know, in some specialized spaces are going to be a big concern for us. So, you know, these things might show up in some of the other cases, large auditoria, those sorts of things, before it shows up across the entire institution. So I think there's a, a specific use case for these across the board. I think it'll take a little bit more time, but uh, especially if we can get the kind of life out of these sorts of things that, that we might be able to get, uh, that would be a big key for us because replacing these things, it takes, it takes time to get into the space, to set these things up, to replace these sorts of things. And uh, time is almost what the most valuable thing we have around here. We've got to do our work, you know, between semesters or during breaks or that sort of thing. So the longer I can keep things up and living and usable, the happier I and the people who use these this equipment is going to be. So that that's a big one for me. Yeah, there was a, a space again hundred years ago when I was when I was a tech manager. There were uh, two lecture halls right, right next to each other, and they were booked from seven o'clock in the morning until ten o'clock at night, Monday yep. through Friday. Right. Yep. So if anything went wrong in those spaces, you were working uh, not even nights, right? You were working overnights or you were, you were in on the weekend um, and making that, uh, making that those things happen. So, well, and depending on the size of the institution, you may only have two or three of those kinds of rooms. So even mm -hmm. during breaks, they're booked solid. So you, yeah. you've really got to plan out the kind of upgrade cycle you've got on those sorts of things. So again, product life, that's one of the big things for us. If it's only going to last two or three years, I don't have time for that. I, I need something that's going to last me a long time. The more I can stretch out of the useful life of a product, the happier I am. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, Don, real quick, we mentioned the fact that you used to be with CCUMC, but CCUMC uh, changed their name uh, to ETC. So really quickly explain to folks uh, what ETC stands for and why the name changed. Sure. So originally, CCUMC stood for the Consortium of College and University Media Centers. Um, and it's actually an older organization. We This past conference was our 51st conference. We've been around oh, since wow. the 70s. It actually started off uh, in film uh, folks in the libraries who were sharing and making films available for uh, teaching and learning across the institution. We became media centers a number of years ago. Uh, the change now to Educational Technology Collaborative, ETC, is really a reflection of the change in our units and higher ed overall. There aren't a lot of media centers anymore. There are still some, they, they still exist. But when we're talking to new members or you know a new CIO or, or new leadership comes into an org, they're like, we don't have a media center. Why are you part of this organization? And the answer is because we are people who deal with AV and teaching and learning spaces, conference rooms, all of those sorts of things. We're primarily higher ed, but we've got reps from all over the place. Um, we're looking to expand out to museums, libraries, K-12, community colleges, everyone else who does AV type support at their institution. We are your friends. Um, I, I kind of joke the first time I ever went to one of these conferences, <laughs> at the end of the day, uh, my, my assistant director and I were there and we went to the bar, I grabbed a beer and I looked at him and said, where the hell have these people been my career? Because it was the first time we were able to have a conversation with people who do what we do, where we do it with the things we use and the people we do it with. You can get some of those kinds of conversations at, at Infocom and at Educause and at some others, but this was focused on us. And it was, uh, I, for me, it's been one of the, a great thing for me professionally uh, because you know, we've been able to build networks, we've been able to do problem solving, mentoring, all of those sorts of things. 
And we're really excited about the name change to try to bring more people into those kinds of conversations because the more people at the table, the better the solutions we can come up with and the more we can help support each other too. So I, I'm really excited about it. And I, I got to, to be host to the conference uh, this year and I'm also president of the organization. So it's, it's been a wild ride and I, I'm really proud of the work everyone has done to, to put into this. Yeah, everybody I talked to, uh, I, I was I was in New Jersey earlier this week and, and got to hang out with with uh, my buddy Chris Netto, who was who was at your your yep. your conference yeah. last week, along with um, I don't I don't know that Joe Way has ever met a conference he doesn't like, <laughs> uh, so he was certainly there. Um, my buddy Ron from Epifan was there. I mean, there was a lot yep. of people that were that were hanging out. So yeah, absolutely. And Joe is hosting at USC next year. So oh, you know, very nice. On that, that's going to be a wild ride. US. So so when is that exactly? That's going to be September 20th to, to, to the 23rd. September 23rd. in Southern California. That does not sound like a horrible idea. Right? Yeah. Right? How do I get higher ed again? I was going to say, you know, <laughs> does Henderson have an office in Southern California? Yeah, we have an LA office. Well, there you go. <laughs> See, you could go visit that and go to USC. and Absolutely. We're, op we're open to everybody. Yeah. Um, I, I will say a little bit back to the, the, the previous story, DBLED, Joe and the folks at USC, uh, and their center uh, have rolled out this semester a um, it, it is a gaming um, lab slash gaming center um, for esports, uh, and they have a DV LED wall, wall as part of that. So, yeah, that the esports is certainly an, another area for that. So, all right, yeah. uh, thank you guys so much, Erica. Uh, very nice to have you um, in the, on the on the right side of Missouri. Uh, <laughs> so how do people connect with you or Henderson? Um, yeah, uh, definitely check us out at hendersonengineers.com. we got a lot of great projects going on and some openings if you're looking for your next career hop. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn as Erica Williams, um, job title, audiovisual consultant. There are a lot of Erica Williams, so that should help you. Um, and if you are up for horror movies and political stuff, I'm on Twitter at HaircutFW. All right, very good. Don, thank you so much, sir. Uh, how do people connect with you, with ETC, or with the uh, University of Central Florida? Sure. So we're still making the transition to the new name, so you can still find ETC at ccumc.org. Hope that we'll be making the transition over the next few months there. Uh, you can find me mostly on LinkedIn at Don Merritt. You can look under University of Central Florida, and I am there. All right. Very good. Thank you both so much. Uh, for me, for Tim Albright, do not follow me on the Twitters, uh, unlike Erica. Um, I do like horror movies, but most of mine involve the bears, which could also double as a horror story. <laughs> it depends on who you root for. Uh, go by the website, if you would, please. Aviation.tv. That's aviation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others. Brand spanking new uh, State of Control happened this past week and upcoming. Uh, we also have a new host for EdTech. Uh, the a, uh, wonderful and talented Aaron Mary Moran. Um, so check that out as well. All that and more at avianation.tv. That's avianation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That's all the time we have for AV Week.